Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Hello, dear listener, Neil here. A very warm welcome to Nick and Neil's history show and our Millwall summer specials. The aim of Nick and myself is to build a library of 2025-minute shows you can dip in and out of in the car, in the gym or on the train, anywhere you like, really. This is proper history, lots of unbelievable stories that we should know but don't. So here we are, rescuing these stories from obscurity and breathing new life into them. Nick and I feel that as a club, we don't make the most of our rich history, and it's a subject that is often ignored. And we hope this series will bring to life some of the events and characters of our past. It's been a real pleasure to research this series, and I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as we have enjoyed making them. Enjoy. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Neil, this is a wonderful story that you found um, illustrating a very difficult period in our national history. I've read about this online previously, um, but you've really dug out some info that backs what I've would have thought were just internet stories. This is the um, the refusal of Millwall Football Club in the late 1940s, just after the end of the Second World War, the refusal of Millwall Football Club to allow German prisoners of war to attend football matches at Colblow Lane. Wonderful, wonderful reporting you found there. Mate, it was quite by accident. I, I'm a, I was looking into the life of Jack Cock. Yeah. And... Uh, Went on to the Daily Mail archive, typed in Jack Cock, and you come across all sorts. And then towards the bottom, just before he left Millwall, I think, which was in 48, they, there was this story. So I opened it up, and it was actually on the Daily Mail front page. It was around, and it's this story that Millwall Football Club have decided to refuse German prisoners of war admission to their ground <laughs> in the forthcoming season. So, so well, immediately my spidey senses automatically. Absolutely. Yeah. And I start thinking, oh, yeah, well, this is a good story. This will make a wonderful podcast. 
your reporter instincts take over, Neil. I mean, that's that's a wonderful, wonderful story. I mean, just to set the scene for listeners, obviously, uh, the reporter you found dated uh, July 1947, so the Second World War ended in Europe two years beforehand. Um, in the post-war period, there were very many German prisoners of war still in the UK. Um, I think they would be sent home gradually. For, some chose to stay, interestingly, which um, probably is a subject of a different podcast. But they were used as kind of labouring. Um, they were put to work, Neil, weren't they, in, in post-war shattered Britain and London, uh, made to do try and put right some of the damage that the German state had caused in the in the six years of conflict. Yeah, I think a lot of it was to do with denazification. Mm. And uh, they wanted to make sure that these people were safe to return to Germany. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would have thought so. So they can, And probably the sheer number of German POWs that we had over here Especially towards the end of the war, when we were take when we were capturing large swathes of France, they were surrendering, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, all over Europe, and that I've listened to various podcasts on the subject that that we were we didn't want too many over here because we were already rationing. Yeah, life was tough, very yeah. very tough. Um, but we couldn't yeah. afford. Yeah, we couldn't afford basically to feed them. There was plenty of land, so so we were going through that process at the end of World War Two of who was safe to go back to Germany. You didn't want to send, you didn't want to send somebody back that was too dangerous. So I think they're around in this country for two or three years after the war, and uh, yeah, and they just and they just lifted restrictions in July forty-seven, which is which this actually came about. I know that West Ham during uh, World War Two welcomed German POW <laughs> into the ground, and there's uh, there's actually there's actually yeah there's actually a picture. Uh, doing the rounds, I think it's on Getty. If you have a look, I Getty, think I've seen it on on the net. Yeah, of German prisoners of wars enjoying a day out at Upton Park. To watch welcome, Western welcome Park. to Upton Park, <laughs> but not down Coldblower Lane, Neil. As this piece from um, the Daily Mail clearly shows, this is a wonderful quote. Um, it's from our manager of the time, this is Jack Cock. The proposition has been put, I'm going to presume this was from the uh, the FA or the, the London authorities, to allow German prisoners of war um, admission to the den um, as a kind of like a, you know, R&R type of thing, a bit of, bit of uh, rest and recuperation. But Jack Cox's riposte, Neil, is wonderful. And I'm going to give it the best dramatic delivery that I can, listeners, um, in memory of Jack, because I think he does a good job with this. So his reply is, uh, quote, with loathing and detestation, we absolutely point blank refuse the countenance, the suggestion. This ground has been severely hit by the enemy's attention, causing us great financial worry. It's not our desire to see a series of free fights at every match, which would certainly happen if we allowed these men into the ground. So <laughs> I think that's one end quote. I mean, Jack knew his club. Um, a bunch of German POWs set loose in the den, Neil, with hard-faced dockers to, <laughs> yeah, just to say, say hello. <laughs> it was just to set the scene was 
that that German POWs at the time were allowed to enter shops, <laughs> travel on buses and trams, but couldn't drink in a hotel, which is another name of a pub, yeah. and they could attend football matches. <laughs> and the government wanted to encourage the spending of earnings in this country instead of remaining as credits when they return to Germany. Basically, you're reading stuff. The country's skint. Yeah. We're all skint. Yeah. Um, 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 what we want is, is we don't want these people returning home with plenty of money in their pockets, rebuilding the German economy. <laughs> so we'll read between the lines there. But it wasn't a... Yeah, we have to remember in historical context that Millwall fans were probably quite right to to still be slightly annoyed. Well, absolutely. <laughs> because absolutely. the box had received a lot of attention, especially in the early days of the war. I think the first night of the Blitz, the Surrey dock fire on the 7th of September 1940. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I mean, I... It's an. I mean, Neil's listed on the note, show notes. Listeners, a, a series of major events during the course of the war. I mean, the Surrey docks obviously were the whole London docks were, and other docks across the country were massive targets during the, uh, the certainly the early phase of the of the war. Um, most famously, uh, September the seventh, nineteen forty. There's a plaque on the side of um, as you drive into the shopping centre from the the tunnel end. There's there's a building there, one of the old dock offices, with a plaque on the wall, listeners, which um, commemorates the opening night of what became known as the Blitz Blitzkrieg, um, a huge firebomb raid on the on the docks. Um, many many families would have lost people. My own family lost uh, an arm in on that first night. She was caught in the open when the the um, and it was also early in the war, Neil. I think people weren't yet used to the um what should we call it the rhythm the discipline the the just what happens in a, in a major air raid i think people got used to it after a fashion but people were caught and this was the first night of it and it continued it continued on certainly for 1940-41 uh and then made a, a kind of a comeback later in the war there was um a smaller um, second, what I call a second blitz, late in the in the war, as Germany was starting to lose the conflict. And then, of course, the V two rocket um, hits, including uh, tragically, famously, tra infamously, the Woolworths at New Cross. It was a direct hit from a V two rocket, killing hundreds. Um, we were an area that suffered hard at the hands of the Germans, so. Um, in modern parlance, it was a somewhat insensitive request, wasn't it? <laughs> to a bunch of Germans loose in our football ground. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, 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 I think 168 killed and there yeah. were babies yeah. and children and there, there were an awful lot hurt. In fact, it was actually one of the worst losses of civilian life on British soil during World War Two. So you can understand that people were still... and. Well, we're still upset. And don't forget, to a certain extent, the Nuremberg War Trials had shone. Yeah, um, the truth was coming out about yeah. the nature of the regime. In, uh, so in people were very anti-German. I don't know if people have seen uh, The Goalkeeper, which is the Bert Trankman story, German POW, played mm. for Manchester City, broke his Seen it, good film, yeah, yeah. Yeah, excellent film. And that kind of captures how people were anti uh germans for 
for a lot of years, weren't they, after World War II? Well, they but, were, yeah. But I think this request or this law came around. It was, you know, it was actually quite a was actually quite a good bit of publicity or yeah, well, a good idea by Jack Cock. I think that Millwall had latched onto it and uh, spoke out. This was in the days before social media, podcasting. Yeah. Uh, he caught the moment, didn't yeah. he? I mean, you, you, I'm just looking at some of the um, notes that you've got. I mean, you've said already that German prisoners of war were allowed to enter shops, travel on buses and trails, but it, Millwall were not alone in protesting this. I, I see here that the London conductors and um, you know drivers, yeah, yeah, protested against having to carry German POWs on their buses. Uh, several garages, uh, London passenger travel board garages, complained to their union branches, um, you know, refusing to carry them. In Bristol, cinemas announced they would not carry allow prisoners of war in. Um, and similar decisions across the country: Himes Park, Chingford, Bridgend. And the Bristol tramways actually refused to. Um, well, they 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 were also the consulting camp commandants, following complaints from members of the public that Germans were on the on the last buses out of prison, Bristol. So we caught we caught a mood. I think would be a, a good way to put it. We we reflected widespread public opinion. Yeah, it it, it was obviously a big thing, and uh, there was a big thing against it. And funnily enough, I was looking for a follow-up to this story, but couldn't find one, so I presume that they remain banned. But it wasn't a universally popular decision, as H. Mills of SW11 wrote to the Daily Mail saying... I, with others, will not be travelling to the Millwall ground until this unsportsmanlike attitude to defeat the uh, so to a defeated enemy is abandoned. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure if H Mills actually came to the den that often. H Mills would have got slaughtered on Millwall Twitter for that, wouldn't he? Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, they'd oh, get cancelled for trying to cancel <laughs> Millwall. They were trying to cancel the Germans. He would have been thrown off the House of Fun website, I can tell you, coming out with that kind of talk. Um, yeah, I, 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 and they were, I mean, to the, the, the punchline being, of course, that, as we've said at the start of the show, listeners at um, Upton Park, West Ham did allow them to um, enter the ground, the West Ham playing Bradford, and these Germans were allowed out because of their good behaviour, so they'd proven that they were trustees and they're allowed to yeah, go on football. Anyone that week. Haven't they suffered enough being allowed to go to West Ham is will be my my reaction. Um yeah wonderful story. I mean I th- I think these you can see both sides of it and the idea that we're trying to get the economy going, that these German workers, POW workers, had money in their pockets and they wanted to get it off them, you know, in a nutshell. Uh, I get that. Um, I think there's something quite noble and uplifting. And, um, you know, even now, after the passage of, what was it, 1947, so we're talking about 70-odd years ago, 80 years ago, um, I feel quite proud of our club for this this stance, Neil. Um, I'm hoping it's um, it's still in place. Actually, it's, it might be like one of those laws that never gets struck off the um, the statute book, like the, the right to fire archery on, on on Tower Hill or something on a Sunday, some something like that. It's still in place. I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, that if you're a former Nazi POW, you can't come into the new town. Uh, yeah, well, I think yeah, well, I think that what we're forgetting also, or 
or that we also need to remind people of was Millwall were quite badly hit during World War Two. We were, we were, yeah. In the den, which was all singing and all dancing in 1938-39, that we just had the ground improved ahead of a a push towards the first division. Yep, and uh, was actually hit by a bomb in World War Two, and. Uh, and the ground had burnt down, didn't it? The stand had burnt down after an Amazon or London. Yeah, there is there is a very Millwall twist to that story, isn't there? I mean, you're right. The the, the old den for anyone that attended the old den, it, it lowered uh, in one corner, which would be where there was a railway line once upon a time that ran across the the kind of uh, the, the cut of the corner and on, on the would that be the the Alderton Road end there. And the bomb landed there, and there used to be a clock apparently on that corner when the floodlights used to be. And there's a f- famous photo, Neil. You've you've probably seen it. Was it was in um, lines of the south of the impact post uh, explosion impact, a kind of crater with half the stand gone, basically. Um, bizarrely, a football match still being played whilst people stood on the on the cratered um, terracing, and um, you know perched on whatever whether the rubble was 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 reasonably solid to get a view of the game but it was a huge um bomb blast massive bomb took out a good corner of the ground and half the what i would still call the halfway line stand um pretty badly damaged but the the pride and joy of the old ground the old cold blown lane was the the main stand which as you've said neil was built um for first division football potentially just before the second world war broke out but unfortunately, it has a far less dramatic ending. It did go up in flames, but that was more... Hitler couldn't do it, but a cast-off cigarette could. In very Millwall fashion, it wasn't the most evil regime in human history that did it. It was someone chucking away a fag. The Dulwich Hamlet fag. it down. Caught a load of... No one cleared the rubbish. Yeah, and, and the club were also refused permission, of course, by the Ministry of Labour to to actually repair the damage because there just wasn't the labour around. No, and material. Um, I think there were shortages of labour and materials. And What is interesting, I mean, the, the, the story we're talking about is set in 1947 and the refusal of the Germans to come into the den. When you see photos of the ground at that point, you know, it was still pretty much um, largely unrepaired. I mean, the, the old stand, roof stand on, on the halfway line, still shattered at this point because, as we said, uh, rationing resources, shortages, austerity. Um, the club was still reeling from the effects of a conflict that probably is, took a long time. It wasn't really until the construction of the new den we entirely shook off the after effects of, of, of this period. So I think we're entitled to be a bit embittered about the idea of letting a bunch of Germans into our ground. And what I'm going to do to conclude the episode, listeners, I'm going to reread Jack's quotes. I just love it, Neil. With loathing and detestation, we absolutely point blank refuse the countenance, to countenance the suggestion. This ground has been severely hit by the enemy's attention, causing us great financial worry. It's not our desire to see a series of free fights every match, <laughs> which would certainly happen if we allowed these men in the ground. Wonderful quote, Jack Cock. Thank you very much, Neil, for finding this wonderful, wonderful story. Yes. Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.